Welcome to the Science of Work podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Belanger. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the habits, skills, work design, and leadership behind global trends in the workforce. Let's find out exactly how to optimize work for the 21st century. Today, we're going to be talking about offering ongoing education as an incentive for employees. Joining the conversation today is Matthew Daniel, Principal at Guild Education. Matthew is responsible for research, consulting, and thought leadership on topics like the intersection of learning and development with diversity and inclusion, reskilling, talent mobility, and the future of work. Since 2004, Matthew has consulted on talent development strategies in Fortune 500 companies, including companies like Nike, Boston's consulting group, Microsoft, and General Motors. I cannot begin to tell you how much I enjoyed my conversation with Matthew. I ended up discussing my learnings from this episode countless times after it was recorded. Matthew's passion is infectious. We talk about how companies are using further education offerings as upskilling opportunities and incentives for employees, how the strategies have been affected by the pandemic, and starting to discover how creative ways to offer education incentives can be part of how companies start to live their diversity and inclusion strategies. The Science of Work is brought to you by the Quantic School of Business and Technology. Quantic's highly selective MBA and executive MBA are designed with interactive micro lessons and individualized feedback every eight seconds. Experience the future of education. Go to quantic.edu slash science of work for more. When I was starting my company in Conscious Works, one piece of advice that stuck with me was hire for passion, curiosity, and work ethic. Everything else can be trained. There's a high value in continuing education. It's not a new concept, especially when it comes to things like IT. But even still, in a recent report assessing the IT skills gap in the UK, it found that 50% of large companies and 44% of small companies identified a digital skill gap. Continuing training and career growth opportunities are a great way to show employees that companies are willing to invest in them and ensures that they are continuously engaged and motivated in their jobs. Lack of growth opportunities is one of the key reasons for employee turnover, and 87% of millennials say professional development is important to their job. One really interesting finding from the Workplace Learning Report cited from PwC's 2019 CEO survey said that 79% of CEOs worldwide are concerned with the lack of essential skills in the workplace and that is threatening the future growth of their organization. In a Gallup report, the organizations that have made a strategic investment in employee development report an 11% greater profitability and twice as likely to retain their employees. To make matters more interesting, up to 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 haven't even been invented yet. So what does the future hold and how can we be strategic and creative with our continuing education strategies? Let's hear from Matthew. As we think through how education and further education can be looked at as a benefit, as an incentive of a company, what have you seen in this realm that you find particularly interesting? I think what's interesting about it is the concept of furthering education is not a new concept. There are many companies who've offered it as a benefit for well over a decade now. 
what is intriguing to me in the context of where we sit today is how many companies are now seeing it as an upskilling opportunity and even a talent acquisition or recruiting strategy, not just a benefit that we keep so that people will stay a little bit longer. It's actually a more strategic use today than it was a decade ago. And I think the work that I get to be a part of every day has helped move that conversation along. So it's been really exciting. I think the other thing that I'll mention that to me is really exciting is in the context of the disorder and chaos that we see on the other side of a pandemic, we're actually seeing the uncertainty is driving student engagement in a way that we haven't seen before in education upskilling. So I think the current context, while there are tremendous downsides and the impacts to the lives of so many people, there is also an acceleration of opportunity for people that they're really embracing and companies are thinking about education as a different lever in helping engage and retain their employees. And that's exciting to me. We certainly saw a shift too. So over the last year and a half, we saw almost, and I'm oversimplifying, but like a mass firing, a mass amount of people losing their jobs. And now you're seeing this shift now to where talent is becoming more scarce. They're requiring certain flexibilities and a little bit more it's on their end of the bargaining side of things. So have you seen that up and down or how has that impacted education as reskilling? What has been really interesting is until recently, Guild and to some extent, education benefits more broadly were really untested in a down economy. And what we actually saw is that employers continue to invest heavily to keep employees as sticky and engaged as possible in the downturn. They didn't want to lose the folks that they had. And so due to the stickiness of our programs and the impact that had happened, employers mostly doubled down. We actually haven't lost one organization, one employer partner through the whole process. And then you have on the flip side, the contrast of organizations like Walmart, who just announced a five-year, $1 billion commitment or Target just recently announced their four-year $200 million commitment. So I think you're seeing an acceleration of engagement rather than actually folks falling away. With Walmart, I'm seeing a couple other ones, McDonald's, I believe, as well, paying now for tuition for degree programs. We're looking at that as an incentive to try to acquire talent and skill. This is what's really changed dramatically. And again, this is where I have deep passion about this topic. The concept of tuition reimbursement, not new, been around for a long time, but tuition reimbursement as a whole was this concept of you pay out of pocket, go to college, we'll pay you back. And if you're a white middle-class worker, that works really well. What is different today about what you're seeing at Walmart and Target, what you're even seeing at McDonald's and other organizations is that the employers are focusing on debt-free education and having partners in place that are better tailored. It's not just about what's your state system, this number in the states, that 5250 is that tax number. And so not just reimbursing the 5250, but actually saying, okay, wait, this accelerates outcomes, not just for our salaried employees that are sitting in white collar jobs, but how do we actually look at our frontline employees 
Like how do we create opportunities for them and help create stickiness for us whenever employees are leaving so quickly in many organizations? All of a sudden education benefits is not just this thing for folks to go get a master's degree or an MBA, It's now something that folks at Walmart are going to get a bachelor's degree and it's changing lives. And it's pretty spectacular to watch. I think that's absolutely incredible. And to your point, it's putting opportunities. Now, I know that this is part of, but I see it from a retention perspective from the company, but for the individuals, this becomes opportunity. And what does that mean, right? To your point about actually changing lives and creating different futures for people, which is pretty incredible. The organization I work with, we are a B Corp. What that means for us is the way the organization is set up, literally, we have to work for the public benefit, for the good of all. And so that means we actually have in the bylaws and we're accountable to our stakeholders in all the parts of the way that we work. And for us, the students, at the end of the day, that's the driver, whether or not we're successful, is do students get access to opportunity? Here's a couple data points because you love data. If you're an organization and you're offering some of these programs, what we've seen with our employer partners, they have an 80% average one-year retention rate. So the national average is about 56%. We're seeing 80%. And some of our employers, depending on the way they have their policies set up and how they take care of their employees, ends up at closer to 90% plus retention for one year. So it makes a lot of financial sense from their perspective. From the employee perspective, what's amazing about that, there's one employer in particular If you're enrolled in a program, and not even graduated from the program, but if you're enrolled in the program, you're two times more likely to have a promotion or role change than your average employee at the company. We do things like look at the economic impact for individual employees. What's the percentage of their increase of their salary? What's the likelihood of a promotion. And we start to marry up that data at the same time and the benefit to the student at the same time that we're looking at the benefits of the organization where there's such a high ROI as a result of retention and a couple of other data points. From the most simple perspective as a company, you could spend the money on recruiting strategies. Why not actually spend it on the employees you have and see to your point about the benefit that that can create, which is incredible. So Is there any example that you can give me, name the company or not, that is doing this really well? I'm going to tell you the one that has been most exciting in our partnership. I think Walmart has been the one that's gone the furthest. So we've seen firsthand how companies can actually build a really robust and diverse talent pipeline through really smart education benefits. And so since launching in 2018, more than 52,000 Walmart and Sam's Club associates have taken advantage of their program. Walmart calls it Live Better You. Participants in Live Better You are two times more likely to get promoted. They retain at a significantly higher rate. And then that program is also creating opportunity for a different demographic than what you would think of for traditional tuition reimbursement. So for this one, what we found is the majority of program participants are women. 47% of participants are people of color. And so we're seeing a real impact in not just the economic outcomes for those folks, but the people who opt in look different and come from different backgrounds as well. I spend a lot of time in research on what makes these programs more impactful or less. And there are certain levers in the policies themselves that make an impact. So the difference between reimbursement and debt-free has a tremendous impact. 
Walmart itself just did the announcement. They had called their program a dollar a day previously. And essentially what they said to students is, hey, you put in a dollar a day and we'll cover the rest. And the reason they moved to completely debt-free programs, because for many of us in a white-collar, middle-class world, we think of $365 a year to get a bachelor's degree, like best deal ever. But ultimately what Walmart said is, you know what, we're putting pressure on folks who don't have a dollar a day to give to this right now. Let's find a way to eliminate that policy altogether and make it debt-free. And as they continue to be more thoughtful with policies, working with us, and we see this with different employers, as they get smarter and smarter about what programs come in the catalog. And so here's a really simple example, and it's going to sound like, of course, that's what you would do. But as employers are more thoughtful about what programs go in, as in, do the programs that we offer to our students to pay for, are those programs aligned with our corporate strategy? As in, if you graduate from this program, are you more likely to see an opportunity inside the same company? And it turns out that that actually accelerates outcomes and engagement from the students themselves, from the employees themselves, to be a part of the program. So Walmart has been an amazing partner for us to really thoughtfully consider really specific nuances and policies and ultimately create better outcomes as a result. Yeah, and if you have the data, you can make those choices, right? Like you're able to collect that and then see the implication of that. There's so much psychology that goes into a dollar a day versus completely debt-free and what that dollar does in regards to buy-in. So I assume that's why they initially did it, is like, oh, we need them to put some skin in the game. Well, they already are. They're continuing to work for the company, right. they're continuing to do the work. So like just being able to seemingly small but really impactful change. I think that's so important. And obviously I'm a big fan of data, so I will get behind that. The Science of Work is brought to you by Quantic, transforming the traditional MBA and EMBA with interactive platform that is built for the modern student and future leader. With a focus on innovation and strategy and a mobile-first network-driven approach, Quantic allows you to learn on your schedule and alongside leaders from the world's top companies. Visit quantic.edu slash science of work to learn more about the modern MBA. Looking to further your education? Check out ConsciousWorks. It has resources available, including this podcast, our blog, learning platforms like Conscious Academy, or for live workshops and further education. Visit our website at consciousworks.com. From a diversity and inclusion perspective, you talked about being able to get to companies so that the debt-free really creates a different portfolio of people entering into the program. Is there anything else that you're seeing from that lens in this idea of creating these incentives through education? Yeah, I think it's really important. Like, let's call it what it is. Let's go to the very basics here. In America, the wealth ratio for Black families and for white families is fundamentally different. What we saw is that if you are concerned that leaving the job or having to quit the job is going to result in you accumulating debt, you're less likely to enroll in the first place. The way I talk about this with companies is you have a budget and that budget is set aside for education benefits. Do you market the program in a representative way? Do you include historically black colleges and universities or Hispanic-serving institutions, HSIs. 
that accelerates both interest and outcomes for underrepresented students. Do you use, we call this our learning marketplace, these academic partners who come alongside us and work with us to make sure that there are programs for students that are relevant. How representative are your support services? If you look inside the academic world, the representation has an impact on the quality of services and opportunities provided to students on that side of the equation as well. Guild student demographics are 56% female, 54% non-white, and 74% with no prior degree. And so if you think about those demographics, you need partners who understand how to service that audience differently than 18 to 22 year olds. We have found that through being more thoughtful about our learning marketplace and the partners that are there and the programs that they offer and the wraparound services that they provide, one of the accelerants in our student success has been our coaching. So for all of these students who are going through programs at Guild, There's a coach that comes alongside them that helps them figure out which college is right for them, what program is right for them to get through the complicated enrollment process, and then actually to coach them to success semester after semester so that they stay in. And the impact, especially for those who come from a background, my parents didn't graduate from college, Lisa. Both of them went to school while they were already parents, and they dropped out or stopped out, as the case may be. And ultimately, life was too complicated for them to be able to go. I was the first person on either side of my family to complete college. And my parents had told me, you're going to be successful. You're going to do this. It's going to be great. Many of our students don't have that cheerleader around them who's saying, it can happen. It can work. You can do it. Let's figure it out. For students who come from a background where they didn't have a model of parents going to college or they didn't get to see an aunt or an uncle finish school, the coaches that we bring alongside them to keep saying, yes, what does time management look like? What are you going to do with childcare this week? Can we offer some suggestions about how you think about that? Simple coming alongside and journeying with them makes a tremendous impact and success for all populations, especially those audiences that we're trying to serve at the front end. That's incredible for so many reasons. And just from that coaching perspective, like when you're in a period of stress, exam time, like whatever that might be, it's so hard to see solutions that could be at the end of your nose. And then you start talking to somebody that's able to present those back to you where you're like, oh yeah, that does make sense. What do you need to do to get there? I need to do this, this, and this. Okay, go. It's such a meaningful, impactful conversation that can go so far into your point, especially if you don't have somebody who can serve that same way within your like immediate network. That's incredible. Is there a social support community that comes with this or is there like cohorts of people or is there any connection between students that Guild does? There are a couple different social communities. There've been self-organizing communities of like Walmart students who are on Facebook who like join together as a cohort and have gone through it. When we start with an academic and a learning partner and we're kind of building programs that are successful, sometimes they want those in cohort formats. And so we build those for them. What we find more often than not, the academic partners themselves are in the best position to create those communities of success around the students. And so we're always trying to make sure that from where we sit between employers and this learning marketplace, 
that we're hitting the right dynamics of what should the employer do to make sure that students are successful? What should we do at Guild? And should our academic partners, where are they best positioned to do? And what we've found is that in a lot of those scenarios, especially when it comes to the social component, those learning marketplace partners are in best position to support those. So that's not a place that we tend to go. We've toyed with some different ideas. One of our partners, Southern New Hampshire University, has actually been running a number of pilots on first-generation social cohorts, cohorts, and this has especially come through the pandemic, where they are finding ways to provide support for students. And they're seeing some of those are more successful and less so. And I think this is a place that needs a lot more research from the academic world about what actually makes more success for students. Who are the leaders who need to be engaged? What are the ways that we engage them? How do we sustain that both in school and post-school to make sure they're successful and actually land in jobs that are the most impactful for them? Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Science of Work podcast. A special thank you for the conversation with Matthew. And for further readings on this topic, please check out our website at consciousworks.com. Matthew has provided further resources, particularly as it relates to how furthering continuing education strategies and being creative with it can influence diversity and inclusion in your workforce. Until next time, remember to consciously design your day or somebody else will. Thank you.